Welcome to episode 60 of the 1023 Diesel Shop Talk podcast. Two things I want to get out of the way up front. First one is we've set up a link that's 1023diesel.com slash deals. And that link is going to always direct to a page where you can find all current uh, sales, promotions from vendors. And also one of the problems that I didn't know we were going to run into and we have is returned parts. So if you order a part, it doesn't fit right, it was the wrong part that was ordered, um, or maybe there's something cosmetically wrong with it, then we'll always you know, take it back uh, within our return policy. And we've ended up with a pretty big stockpile of like used or returned parts. Um, well, not really used. They're new parts that are returned and dirty uh, or mildly damaged and things like that. And uh, we don't have anything to do with them. You know, some in some cases the manufacturers will take them back, but we have a you know we end up with a pile of parts here, and it's just random parts that we can't resell because they're not new, and we can't uh, we can't return them. And so what we're going to do is, um, as long as it meets the manufacturer's policies, we're going to be able to list them for sale uh, without a warranty, typically, um, but we'll verify that they are functional, usable parts, and we're going to set up a page or we have set up a page where you can purchase those parts. So right now we don't have any parts listed um, as of literally right now. So September 6th uh, as recording this, but there will be as we, uh, as we inventory them, uh, we'll get them posted there. You can go to 1023diesel.com slash deals. And that will always take you to a page where you can find the parts, the used parts we have for sale um, along with, uh, I keep saying that the, new open box parts or mildly damaged parts say cosmetically damaged let's go with cosmetically damaged parts um, that have been returned to us um, along with any sales that are any manufacturers we work with are having so if it's like in this case we have some labor day sales going on right now from a couple different vendors and you know black friday's coming up in a few months um, things like that all the sales will be listed on that page so bookmark that, save it for later, check back every once in a while because it'll forever be updating. And uh, you want to be the first one that jumps on that when there's a deal that comes up. Um, the next housekeeping thing we want to get out of the way is when we started this podcast, I had absolutely no idea who was going to listen. And I didn't know who was going to, like, what was this going to be? We were a uh, online heavily power, like early power stroke, seven through power stroke focused company. Um, but that was just our parts and our tuning and in the shop, we work on everything. And what I've found is it's, it's hard to decide what we're going to do. Okay. Well, do we focus on seven, three people? Um, do we record podcasts that are focused on general diesel information? And, uh, that has become sort of a problem with trying to create, uh, and record and post these podcasts. So what we're going to do going forward is we will, we're going to split this, the, the current show, the 1023 Soul Shop Talk podcast, will remain the same name. All the same content will be here. But what we're going to do is we're going to take all of our old episodes that are 7-3 related, and we're going to migrate them over to a new show. And I'm not going to announce the name for that yet. Uh, just keep, keep, you know, keep following us here. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be uh, we'll be ready to announce that and and have something public for you. But the new show will be specifically 7.3 related. So if you're interested in just 7.3 Power Stroke info, the dedi- this that podcast will be dedicated specifically to 
that show. We'll have a newsletter set up for it and everything too. I think it's going to be awesome. And it'll make it a little bit easier to uh, not disenfranchise the 7-3 people or the non-7-3 people because it does get pretty specific. And we don't want to be throwing out a bunch of info for about 7-3s that are completely pointless for you guys um, if you're not 7-3 people. So uh, look forward to that. In the next episode, we'll we'll announce all the information that's relevant for that. Um, be prepared to follow a new one if you're interested in just 7.3 stuff. And if you're interested in like all general diesel-related, shop-related parts, tools, whatever, um, keep following this one. And you can follow them both if you want to. It's up to you when you want to listen. But there's some stuff out of the way. Today, what I want to cover is the, the probably the most common question that we get asked. And... That question is, or I should say that the the interest from you guys is that you want to make your uh, your seven three run like a six seven. I just want my seven three to run like a six seven. I cannot tell you how many times we've seen that. If you listen to this for a while, you've heard or you've heard of our build calls, and it's basically if you go to ten twenty com, we have a plan your build section. You can fill out a form schedule a call and set up a specific time to sit down with us and we'll come up with a a good plan to get from where you are to where you want to go. And that includes figuring out, you know, what problems you might find along the way, identify things you didn't really expect were going to be issues and uh and then come up with a, a good general list of what's going to take to get you from from you know, your point A to your point B. Um even if point B is different than what you expected. But the most common question we get on there, the common theme we see from what you guys are looking for is to turn your 7.3 uh, into a uh, truck that drives and has the power like a 6.7. What seems like what it seems like that means is that you're looking for uh, a 7.3 that has, is it the responsiveness of a 6.7? Um, is it the always in the power band of a 6.7? Is it the like peak horsepower number? I see all different sides of it. What I can tell you is this. You can't. Just to make it super simple, you can't make a 7.3 drive like a 6.7. The chassis, the, the transmission, so the drivetrain, the powertrain, completely different. Like nothing even remotely the same. But we can narrow it down to the two points. Is it a peak power number you're looking for, um, like you see on a spec sheet, or is it the responsiveness you're looking for? That's what it always comes down to. And those aren't the same thing. Give you an example. Let's say the new 6.7 Power Stroke makes 500 horsepower to the ground. Um, let's just say that that is a, a peak number you can attain while staying cool, and it always hits that. That's probably not the case. That's not usually what happens. What usually happens is you're going to be, you know, quite a bit lower than that. There's a ton of limiters in those trucks that prevent it from hitting uh, anywhere near its peak numbers. But let's just say, for example, that that is the case. That's how much power it can make. To make a 7.3 get to 500 horsepower, it will never have the responsiveness of a 6.7. So we can hit a peak number of 500. That's a well-documented, easy thing to do. We've talked about it many times here. Um, and we have, you know, articles and podcasts that cover that. But it's not a reasonable, attainable goal if you want something that's going to have the drivability of a 6.7 and that it's going to be responsive. You know, the reason a 6.7 is so responsive is, that, well, many things. One, the engines are significantly more efficient. They stay in the power band better because now we have 
10 gears in the transmission instead of four um, in a converter that we can very easily control. Uh, and we have a variable vane turbo that can be really responsive at low RPMs by tightening the vanes and then less, you know, better airflow when you open up the vanes. And what I can tell you is this, if you're, if you're looking for the responsiveness, what we want to stick with is, and this is the main component, is a turbo that's as small as possible. The smallest turbo that we can run that's going to be efficient um, at a lower RPM. That'll ultimately get you the, the spool up, the low end response, the lower RPM torque you're looking for. And going with an even bigger turbo is the thing that causes you to lose that responsiveness. Now, if you're looking for a peak power number that matches, you're not going to maintain the same power band, but we can hit a peak power number and you're going to be looking at a even bigger turbo and bigger injectors to match that. But I would put some guardrails in place. So some some general useful guardrails when, when trying to decide uh, what it is you want your truck to run like. And if you've done a build call with us, I've probably said this exact same thing to you. When you can't decide on how much power you want or what you want the truck to drive like, the first thing to do is put some guardrails in place and start there. The guardrails are this. If everything is functioning perfect, so if you have enough fuel pressure, if your engine is healthy and has good compression, if you have, uh, if you can maintain injection pressure, um, if you have a turbo that doesn't leak and an intercooler that doesn't leak and it's you know really efficient setup, the most power that we can make at sea level like foot to the floor, maintain that power uh, without temperature issues, meaning exhaust temperatures or oil temperatures or coolant temperatures or transmission temperatures is right around 300 horsepower and usually even a little bit less than that. Now, the shorter the burst, we can make more power. So you've heard you know people say that we want to maintain around 1200 degrees of EGTs. We don't want to maintain higher than 1200 degrees of EGTs sustained. Well, we can certainly make, we can certainly get to 1400 or 1500 or 1600 degrees. It's not going to hurt anything for a short period of time. There's not a defined limit, but the, the general idea is we want to, we know that our guardrails are right around 300 horsepower, give or take, let's say 20, 30 horsepower from, you know, more or less than that. Um, and that's, that's our limit of what can we push the truck to steadily and not have temperature problems. And that's a good guardrail to put in place. So then you have to look at what components does it take to get there? And it varies by truck, um, even within seven threes, but the general guideline for, in, for injectors then, and cause we've talked about this, the base for all builds should be your injectors. Everything else stems from your injector size. That being said, if the base from all your builds stems from injector size, what does it take to get uh, 300 horsepower? If our guardrail is 300 horsepower, what, is, what injector will get us to 300 horsepower uh, efficiently? And we can do that with the stock nozzle. And so we talked to a lot of guys that have stock Super Duty trucks, and we can nearly get there with a stock injector without changing it. On OBS trucks, we look at stage one injectors or an AC code injector. A lot of people call it a 160 injector. Um, the aftermarket generally refer to a 
AC code injector or a 160 injector is an AC code. That injector will get you a truck and an OBS. It'll get you a truck that idles like stock. It starts like stock. Uh, it can run on stock tuning if you want it to, although it won't make more power. They're very easy to find. They were an OEM size for the same engine, not in Fords, but in the, the same engine international vehicles. And they're generally pretty cost effective, about the same price as stock replacement injectors are. On super duty trucks, staying with stock injectors is a great way to go. If you want to get to your maximum usable power limit, and you, you see this across the forums. One of the things we see on the forums all the time, if you read them a lot, you'll see this too. Guys will say that they are very happy with running, let's say like a S364 and a half or an S363 on stock injectors in their Super Duty. And that's mainly because they can run the truck in a, in a hot tune. So use the fuel that they currently have that'll get them around 300 horsepower without the downsides of a larger injector and poor idle quality and um, smoke output when it's cold and things like that. So they can bring their EGTs down, allowing them to use the fuel that they have to make power. And ultimately, that gets you as close as you can be to what a 6.7 is for most people. You know, some of you guys want to make more power. That's fine. We could talk about that. Um, but if you're if you're just simply looking for how much usable power can I make, stock injectors on a Super Duty is, gets you almost there. Uh, as long as you have a very good functioning setup, a good turbo to match, um, and on an OBS truck, you know, an intercooler and a fuel system and an H pop that keeps up and a stage one injector or an AC code injector. Now, the things that make it the hardest to hit the goal of making the most amount of usable power usually come down to a, a good functioning truck from the start. And what that typically looks like is, uh, like I said, a healthy H pop, maintaining fuel pressure, a and a healthy engine. And those those three core components are the things that we that we see the most amount of people having trouble with when they're looking to either uh, maximize their current setup or if they're looking to build it. Like that's usually where we find the limits at. So, for let's give some numbers here. Let's give some. Let's give you some real info instead of this uh, this overview talk. Compression. If you're gonna start a build and you've got you know, 150, 250, 350,000 miles or more on your truck. It is not a bad idea. As a matter of fact, it's a really good idea to check compression. You check compression through the glow plug holes with the injector still installed. So you pulled your valve covers off. Um, you get a compression test kit um, with an adapter that allows you to uh, screw into the, put the, in, the pressure transducer into the glow plug hole. And then one by one, you pull out one glow plug, put the uh, the pressure sensor in the glow plug hole so it's sealed, crank the engine over until it's until the pressure stabilizes. And then one, see what the mag see what the holding pressure is and how long it holds for. It will eventually bleed off past the rings, but the the numbers we're looking for are is close to 400 consistently across all eight cylinders as possible. Now, it could be a little bit lower. Maybe you're looking at 380 or 390, 380, 370, 360. That's okay. A little bit lower is not a problem. The problem comes when you have, let's say, 
seven cylinders that are 380 PSI, and then you've got one cylinder that's 260. That's a huge problem. And even if your engine is still running, it's going to contribute to a lot of cold start smoke, um, starting issues, uh, low on power. Um, and uh, generally, you're, you're, if you have one or two cylinders that are very low compared to the rest, um, you're, gonna, you're probably going to look, be looking at replacing the engine sometime soon. So that's your that's your general guide here, um, and it's worth checking compression. Despite the idea that these these engines are million mile engines, and you'll see that mentioned a lot, yeah, especially if you read older forums and um, and posts and read older articles and things like that. Uh, they aren't a well maintained seven three. It has a useful life, from what we've seen, from what I've seen, is. A useful life of around maybe 400, you know, maybe 500,000 miles. And I, I probably a lot of that's due to poor maintenance. They're not maintained as well as, uh, as they should be, um, you know, mostly proper oil changes. But it is important to check compression if you're going to put money into a build or if you're considering it. We see so many trucks that have problems that lead back to compression issues or, uh, you know, whatever caused the compression issue, if it's a valve issue or a head issue or a piston issue or a, a ring issue, whatever it is, um, you have a core issue with the truck and that needs to be addressed. All right, now let's talk injection pressure. This is such a uh, a mystifying question and it gets asked over and over again. And maybe we should just clip out this section right here so it's shareable to anyone who has questions on this. Um, I will get as broadly detailed as I can to make this useful. Injection pressure from the factory on OBS trucks, so the 94 to 97 trucks with no tuning on them, is going to be around 24 to 2500 PSI maximum. That's typically what we're going to see. And that's all that's commanded from the factory. So when you see uh, on, the, on the forums and on Facebook and in the aftermarket world where people say, you know, it should be able to maintain 3000 PSI of injection pressure, that is commanded with custom tuning. It's, and it, it does aid in power with these trucks. It's one of the first ways that people started making power with them was increasing injection pressure. But from the factory, they only commanded about 2400 PSI. So in, in stock form, that's all we'd expect. Now, on Super Duty trucks, that was brought up to about 2,800 PSI. So we'd expect to see around 2,800 to 2,900 PSI maximum in stock form with no tuning. Now, with custom tuning, and this is what we'd be looking for because it's going to put the pump under more demand, we'd be looking for something more like 3,000 PSI. So the, the, the range um, on OBS trucks or Super Duty trucks that we're hoping for with custom tuning is usually going to be between like 2,800 and 3,100 PSI. Anything in that range is pretty good. But the, but the way to tell how healthy is the pump, let's say you, let's give an example. If you put the truck in a, let's say a street tune or a hundred horsepower tune from any vendor uh, and it's got stock injectors in it and you want to monitor injection pressure, so ICP pressure. What you want to look for is that the truck is not just maintaining pressure, but if it's maintaining pressure and, and your IPR duty cycle is 
say above 50 PSI, or sorry, 50%, if your IPR duty cycle is above 50% and you're maintaining pressure, then that pretty much means that your pump is at its max capacity. So in that condition, if you stuck a bigger set of injectors in the truck, it would probably not maintain pressure anymore. And that goes for super duties and OBS trucks. The short condensed reason for this is that the IPR percentage does not equal flow of the pump. The relationship between the high pressure oil pump and the IPR is something kind of complicated. We sort of touched on it on the last episode um, and episode 59. If you want to check that out, maybe you'll answer some questions there. But if we're foresee really if we see more than about 50, 55, you know, P, uh, pers- I can't say it, 50 to 55% duty cycle from the IPR, um, the pump, the IPR is basically closed. And that means the pump is doing everything that it can. It's flowing everything to the injectors and anything more than that, it's not going to help uh, maintain pressure. The pump is already performing as good as it can be, or in a more technical sense, all oil flow is being directed towards the injectors. Now, if you can if you can see around 3000 psi with tuning in your truck and your duty cycle is lower than 50 psi, let's say it's like 45 or 40 uh, percent. I keep saying psi, it's percentage. Then your your pump has some headroom to be able to Uh, account for or allow for a larger set of injectors. Now, the last thing I mentioned was fuel pressure. And this isn't isn't all-encompassing, but this is the thing we see the most problems with, the three, say, the three points we see the most problems with. Um, Old body-style trucks have a mechanical fuel pump that's in the valley of the engine from the factory. And those pumps are great. They're pretty reliable, um, and they're they don't fail often. I mean, they, if you've had one for a quarter million miles, you've probably had to replace it. I don't consider that a bad thing. That's a lot of miles on these trucks and a lot of years. But they're they don't. The problem is they they don't flow a lot of fuel, and they don't do it consistently either. So if you have a mechanical fuel pressure gauge hooked up, you'll notice that because that pump is driven by a lobe on the camshaft, that the the pressure will fluctuate. It's not a really big deal for the injectors um, and maintaining proper fuel pressure that won't damage the fuel system like the injectors. But it is a problem in that it doesn't flow enough to maintain or to make much more power than it does with stock injectors. The OBS trucks have very small 90cc injectors from the factory and they don't have very much headroom or very much extra fuel left uh, above stock to make more power with. They also don't have a fuel pump that can maintain pressure with a larger set of injectors. So it's a guarantee that if you put any injector that's bigger than stock in the truck and you want to use it, you'll have to have an electric fuel system. Now, super duty trucks, they have a pretty decent electric fuel pump from the factory. Matter of fact, it's a pretty great electric fuel pump. It doesn't have extreme amounts of flow, doesn't have a lot of volume, but it is a good pump. They're they're very reliable. They They don't fail regularly. Um, we haven't really seen hardly any of them fail at all. Uh, and they can usually work up to like a 18030 injector. That's on the edge of what that pump is capable of supplying fuel for. Fuel pressure should be able to maintain ideally around 65 PSI. 
you're not realistically going to see that on a, on an old body style truck with a mechanical fuel pump. Usually we see like they'll maintain in the, in the low fifties. Uh, that's, that's a very healthy pump. Sometimes they're a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but ideally we want to maintain in them in the mid sixties. That's where, if you have a choice, if you, ha- if I have my druthers, as my great grandma would say, then we would, uh, we want to see around 65 PSI, somewhere between 60 and 70. And this is the case for, for all seven threes, but, uh, on OBS trucks, a electric fuel switch system, switching to an electric fuel system is going to be a great benefit for uh, making power and it's going to be needed to make power. If injection pressure from your H pop is low, it's not going to damage anything. It's just going to be, it's just going to be low on power. It might have a little bit higher EGTs and, uh, and it might smoke more, but it's not going to damage the truck. If the fuel system is not sufficient and you can't maintain proper fuel pressure, um, you cannot, you can damage injectors, um, and significantly affect injection pressure also. So injectors that are failing and a fuel system that isn't keeping up will affect your injection pressure. So if you have fuel pressure problems or injector problems and you're on the edge with your H pop keeping up, it's very possible that your injectors or your fuel system are the culprit, or at least they're a big part of it. So I would consider switching to an electric fuel system on an OBS truck. Um, even on a stock system, it's not a terrible idea. But on a super duty truck, it's really only needed to switch the fuel pump if you're going to try to make more than around 380-ish horsepower. So around a stage one and a half injector. All right, so let's get to the bottom of this this question. How do you make your truck run like a 6.7? You can't. But how do we make it run as good as it possibly can and make the most amount of usable power possible? That we can definitely help with. If you're interested in trying to make your 7.3 run like that, the best way we can do it is with a phone call. Um, If you're interested in doing a phone call and recording it for this podcast so that the knowledge that we can share and the conversation that that we have um, can be made public so it's useful to more people that have the same kind of questions. Uh, fill out a build plan if you'd like or just send us an email to uh, media, M-E-D-I-A, at 1023diesel.com and we can set up a, a time to do a phone call. Uh, same as our build plans, but in a recorded format so that people that have your same questions can get them answered the way we'd answer them. We can publish them on the new podcast, the seven through power stroke dedicated podcast that we'll be releasing next time. So appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully some of this is helpful for you. If it is, if you're on, especially if you're on Apple, you can leave a, you can leave comments and you can review the podcast. I'd love a five-star review. If you're not happy with it, just unfollow. It's that easy. And if there's a technical issue you have a problem with, you can send us an email again, media at 1023.com. Thanks guys for listening. We are almost at five years that this podcast has been running. Sorry, not five years. We're almost at four years. This podcast has been running and we've had, I think over 70,000 downloads in that time. I think it's amazing that so many of you are interested in the seventh power stroke still. But this has been a joy for us. We're going to continue to share this in hopefully a format that's a little bit more clear. And I really appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you guys on the next one.